be kind of celebrating. I'm, I won't be celebrating. I'll be celebrating my lounge, I think. <laughs> I got I to gotta figure out what to wear because, you know, it's in my lounge. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so it's been great. Um, I just feel a sense that God is not finished yet. Okay, God is not finished yet. That was a preliminary thing that God's calling us to, to, to know that God is for you. And like Pastor Daryl said today, um, we've had a joyous week, haven't we? We have a testing of the joy, the joy being tested all weekend. I don't know whether you've been affected by the storms and the, and the power outages and, and the, um, some sicknesses and food wastage and all that sort of stuff. But I know our pastor have, and I'm thankful for Pastor Cheryl being here. She's free from COVID, so you can give her a hug. <laughs> but um, yeah, so, you know, um, please um, pray for our pastor, Tony. He doesn't do well in sickness, does he? No, he doesn't do well at all. Or heat, and, uh, which is stifling, which is really hard for all our elderlies and our bo- new, newborn and the young ones. You know, they get irritated, and I just feel sorry for them. And, you know, we're just thankful for the... Um, the SES and the Energex and everybody who's trying to band together and, and you know, try and restore power. And I think it's going to take more than know, another couple of weeks, I think, um, which is not very good. So if you know of anybody that is needing help, make sure that you lend a hand or make sure you, um, you know, just call the office. Um, well, actually, no one will be here, but <laughs> just... <laughs> Hang on, it's like, hang on, we're on holidays. But uh, yeah, call Pastor Cheryl, she'll be fine. Um, yeah, she can answer all your calls. Um, so yeah, so, um, so there's not a lot of comfort and joy um, for, a lot, for a lot of people this week. We've had the what the heck moments, haven't we? What the heck? What the heck happened here? Like when, when Pastor Daryl said about that... Um, That verse that I was going to launch in is this in James where it says, Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind, any kind, so any kind means storms, any kind means COVID, any kind means heat, any kind, it's any kind, come your way. Consider it an opportunity for great joy. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow, so let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, we will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. Is that going to be your testament, though? I'm pretty sure there's a little bit of a hesitation um, when we say that I find an opportunity for great joy. Um, But God is trying to tell us something, isn't he? He's trying to teach us a character building. It's not about just, okay, well, that's a good scripture for you. But God is trying to build our character when he says all of that. So when I said to God, God, this is like, seriously? I didn't know that when you said, um, if you want your faith fully developed, that you're going to, that there's going to be some storms and, and um, heat wave and everything like that. And I didn't know that that, that will happen. But, you know, God has a way of shifting our perspective, doesn't he? He has a way of actually just rattling your cage of your ideologies of, of what joy really means. 
It's funny, we pray sometimes that, God, you know, I want to go deeper. I want, I want my faith to be, to be strong in you. But we don't want to be disturbed. We don't want to be disrupted. Can I just say that God is in the business of always disturbing the comfortable and comforting the disturbed. In a way, in an essence, if we want our faith to be fully developed, yet we don't like to be disrupted. We want change in our lives, yet we don't want to be challenged. So you can see the, you know, the polarity of that, haven't we? So today, I'm not going to talk about joy. I'm not going to talk about comfort. I thought I could title my sermon, What the Heck? (laughs) But no, I didn't because I believe God gave me a word to give to our church today. And... um, I didn't want to be struck by lightning, so I didn't want to do the what the heck situation. So it's a time of year when we think about our next year's resolution, isn't it? We we think about what plans are for next year. We think about, you know, finances, fitness goals, you know, food goals, whatever it is that you you are into. And um, it's all about moving life forward. We think about our friendships and whether there's a shift that needs to happen in that. But, we, but before we look forward with our plans, we need to look back on what God has done for us, on what God will continue to do. And before we plan things, I mean, can I suggest to you that our eyes need to be fixed on what not has been lost, but what has happened this year. Our eyes need to be fixed on where God is leading us You know, each and every one of us has some kind of a loss this year. But but don't let that loss make you miss what's before you. Faith is seeing the light with your heart when your eyes only see darkness. The way of faith is to look forward. So I want you to look forward, church. I want you to look forward with me. I want you to look straight ahead. I don't want you going in the back and the side and everything. I want you to look straight ahead. God is asking you to look straight ahead. And whatever is ahead of us, we need to trust him. Because we know the author. We know the book. We know, we know who wins. We know that God is for us. He already wrote the chapter. And before we get there, he already is. So as we pen our plans for 2024, can I suggest to you that you need to seek God first before you plan? that you need to surrender before you plan, that you need to submit before you plan, because more often than not when we plan, we just plan and, and then ask God to bless it. Is that the way that God wants us to do? Is that the way that God wants us to be in 2024? So let's have an attitude of thy kingdom come, thy will be done in 2024. Are you with me? I want that for our church. I want that for our family. I want that for each and every one of you. And I think that God is in the business of saying to us, hey, come on, come with me. Come on a journey with me. So let's pray. Father, I thank you for your word this morning. I thank you, Lord God, that you are in our midst. Lord, that whatever has gone through this week, Father God, thank you that Emmanuel is here, God with us. Thank you for your word. I pray that 
our hearts will be receptive. I pray, Father, that, that we have ears to hear, eyes to see, Lord God, and what you're saying to us this morning. Lord, may the words of my mouth, Father, just come with, with your anointing, with your words, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I got a question for you. Have you ever walked in the room and forgot what you were there for? I had my birthday this week, and I'm serious, it's not just old age, but I think it's just, you just go there and you go, what the heck, what did I go here for? Have you ever forgotten your keys, where you put it? Have you ever forgotten where your wallet is? I'm always losing my keys in my wallet. Like my husband said, you need to kind of get some little bit of a thing in there to attach something. Have you ever forgotten to pick up your child? At school or at church, I forgot to pick up Gabby um, when she was, how old were you? Uh, you were five or something, you were stuck there and, um, and Candace, you picked, oh sorry, that was you, okay, see, I don't even remember. <laughs> I have two kids. So, you know, whether, whether they, you, pick, you forget to pick them up from school or church, have you ever forgotten what your wife asked you to buy when you are in the shops. No, come on, all you people. Are you all perfect? Am I the only one? So it happens to all of us. So there's a story in Mark 8, which I want to read to you today. Mark 8, chapter, oh, verse 14 to 21. And I want to read this to you. And this is what it says. The disciples had forgotten to bring bread, except for one loaf they had with them in the boat. He said, be careful, Jesus warned them. Watch out for the yeast of the Pharisees and that of Herod. They discussed this with one another and said, it is because we have no bread? Aware of their discussion, Jesus asked them, Why are you talking about bread? Having no bread, do you still not see or understand? Are your hearts hardened? When I broke, no, do you have eyes but fail to see and ears but fail to hear? And don't you remember? When I broke the five loaves for the 5,000, how many basketfuls of pieces did you pick up? 12, they replied. And when I broke the seven loaves for the four thousands, how many basketfuls of pieces did you pick up? They answered, seven. He said to them, do you still not understand? This morning I want to take a moment to preach to you today by asking you the same question that Jesus asked his disciples. Don't you remember? That's the title of my message this morning. Don't you remember? We have lost, this year we have had inevitably lost some people in our lives. Some people lost jobs, some people lost friendships, some lost their purpose, some lost their joy, lost their peace, lost dreams. We've had some challenges in our finances, in our health, in our children. Every year has challenges. Every year has a problems that's been presented. 
But some of us were faced with questions and there were more answers this year. Some of us are just hanging by the thread. Some of us are just surviving. We may not be looking forward to 2024 at all, but can I tell you today and encourage your soul that you will be okay? Why? Because God is in control. God is in control. You might be finished, but God isn't. You might be hanging up your... up or throwing the towel in and God is throwing it back at you and saying, no, you're not finished yet. I'm not done with you yet. There's more to your story. If you learn anything from this year and any previous years that we've had, you would know that you can't control anything. You can't control anything, no matter how much you tried. And God is asking you a question today. Don't you remember? Don't you remember when I pulled you out of the pit of despair? Don't you remember when I provided for you when you only had $1.23 in your bank account and you needed petrol and you needed food? Didn't I come for you? Don't you remember when your children was was playing and, and just not in a good place that I sent people to save them? Don't you remember that I am here for you? Don't you remember when you went to that, to that doctor's appointment and then you were so worried and you were so panicked that I gave you, that, that you might have heard the bad report, but God calmed you with his presence? Don't you remember the things that God has done for you? The things that, that you have gone through and you thought that you've, you're done, but God is still not done with you yet? Don't you remember? Don't you remember is the question that God is asking us today as we, you know, turn the page as it's the last day of 2023. Don't you remember? And I think God is wanting us to recall, to review what God has done for us. What has God done for this church? What has God done for me? Sometimes... In life, it's so easy to remember the things you should forget and forget the things we really need to remember. Let's have a look at this passage again, shall we? And give some context for our word today. I'm sorry to disappoint you, but I don't have any three-point sermon or anything like that. That's a pointless sermon today. (laughs) But what I can give you is some ponderings and a question for us to bring to remember um, what God has done for us. Jesus is asking us a simple question. And who knows when God asks you a question, it's because it's not because he wants to know the answer. It's for your benefit. It's for your benefit because he wants to bring to remembrance what God has done for you. I can sense you know, when I was looking at this passage, I can sense Jesus' annoyance, his frustration when he asked the disciples about their argument of not having enough bread. The thing is, the issue is not the lack of bread or that they forgot to bring bread. The issue here is their unbelief. And I believe that there are some people in this house and are online that you have struggled to believe what God has said. Because it's not coming. The answers are not fast enough. 
so we get our hearts hardened with unbelief. We get our hearts um, just, God, I, I don't know if I could, you know, we still believe God, we still love God, but there's that hardening of heart that comes in, that sneaks up upon us. So Jesus said, do you, you know, the disciples failed to see they failed to understand and they failed to realize that they may only have one loaf of bread. But they are with bread. They are with the bread. Do you know what I'm saying here? You, they're discussing like, God, I forgot the loaf of bread. But they failed to see and understand that the bread of life is in their boat. The bread of life is in the boat. The bread that satisfies our every need. The bread that when you freely accept, it will, you will never go hungry. The bread, Jesus our provider, Jehovah Jireh. Can I encourage you today that no matter what the circumstances is, no matter what has happened, no matter what's going to happen, if you have the bread in your boat, you will be okay. You will be okay. So, continuing on to what he said, because, see, Jesus asked, said to them and warned them, watch out for the yeast of the Pharisees and that of Herod. So I think, what is that? I can almost see the disciples' reactions towards Jesus and probably said, what the heck, Jesus? What are you, what are you thinking? What, are you, what does that mean? What's the loaf of bread got to do with the yeast of the Pharisees and that of Herod? So I did a little bit of digging. And this is what it, I found out. That we know that the yeast is used for rising agents. So when you cook something like a bread and you use a little bit of yeast, it actually has a rising agent, right? But what Jesus is saying here and alluding here is that a little bit of yeast combined with the dough contaminates the whole batch. So what's the yeast of the Pharisees? It is a metaphor for unbelief. It is a metaphor for pride. It is a metaphor for self-righteousness. Because if you look at the passage prior to what in our text, you know, the Pharisees were demanding a sign from Jesus. And Jesus said, why do these people keep demanding the miraculous sign? I tell you the truth, I will not give this generation any such sign. So, we know that the Pharisees is that they are puffed up and like to parade themselves as being righteous, but they're really not. What is the yeast of Herod? We know that Herod is all about power. We know it's about politics. So Jesus is warning the disciples, and I believe he's warning us today, make sure you watch out for the yeast of unbelief, the yeast of pride, the yeast of self-righteousness in your life, the yeast of religiosity in your life. He's also asking us to watch the power, the politics of things that we, we think that, you know, it's part of the plan of God because it will affect the totality of the bread. So what does this mean for us? Essentially what this means is that Jesus is trying to say that be careful not to mix religion and about your works or using politics and power 
then you really, then, because you will really miss what the kingdom of God has come for. But then we looked at the, the thing, it says disciples still saying, they're still confused. They're still confused. And Jesus was talking about, so he asked the question again. When I broke the five loaves of the, for the 5,000, how many basketfuls of pieces did you pick up? Twelve, they replied. And when I broke the seven loaves for the 4,000, how many basketful of pieces did you pick up? They answered seven. So the bread of life is asking us to remember that the same God that broke the bread for the 5,000 and broke the bread for the 4,000 is the same God that he will do for you again. He is the same God that will do the miraculous for you. So we don't need to worry because when we have the bread of life in our boat, the bread of breakthrough will come in. The bread of breakthrough will come in for us. And this gives me great comfort and joy that no matter what happens in my life, futuristically or now, as long as I keep Jesus, the bread of life centered in my boat, I will not be drowning. And that's the same for you. That's the same for you. He is the boat. He is the, he, when, you, when you focus on him, he is more than enough. If he walked through the fire with you, if he parted the Red Sea, if he shut the mouth of lions with you, he will be for you. Did you notice that this actual um, passage, the feeding of the 5,000, the feeding of the 4,000, is actually just a, just a couple of chapters in between? You'd think, like... Because the disciples in this passage, they've seen all the miraculous that Jesus has already performed. So you'd think that the disciples would think, well, I've been here before. I know what to do. But no, they forgot. And I think we come in the conclusion that as disciples and believers of God today, that we tend to forget that with God coming through to us before, he will again come through his promises don't have an expiry date his promises don't have an expiry and we get into the notion of well god you did that before then you know i don't want to be greedy and ask you again because i don't want you to deliver me again because you've done that before maybe someone else is is needing that no god is saying to you and to me that if he's done it before then he will do it again for you and isn't that good news? As we turn the page, as we leave 2023, knowing that God is still in control, knowing that God, that no matter what happens, that God will be in your boat if you let him. If you let him. I don't know about you, but I have a journal of prophecies and promises that when I want to throw the towel in and I want to quit, which is quite often... <laughs> He says, remind yourself. Remind yourself of the promises on what I've asked you to do and what I've called you to be. And I think for each and every one of us, I think you need to remember God's promises again. I think you need to do that. Because the enemy will always remind you of your past. 
But when he does that, remind him of his future. Remind him of his future. He wants you to record and review his faithfulness and greatness on the first miracle. Did you know that the, the, this, this passage here, the, the breaking of the 5,000, or the feeding of the 5,000 and 4,000, this is the only passage apart from the resurrection that this gospel has been recorded to the, the four gospels. Matthew Mark, Duke, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John recorded this particular miracle. Why is that? I think God is trying to tell us something, right? God is trying to tell us something that, you see, the enemy won't really attack God's greatness. We sang that today, right? But the enemy knows, because the enemy knows he's already great. But what the enemy will do is that he will attack God's goodness in your mind so that you will doubt what he says to you and about you. Because that's what he did at the beginning He slithered and sowed a seed of doubt to Adam and Eve. If God was really good, would he stop you from eating from this fruit? See how he twists things? God will always do good things for us. He cares about the little things that concern for us. If it matters to you, it matters to God. So can I ask you to stop asking that question of what if? What if this happens? What if all this? You live in the what if moments, in the what if zone. It doesn't matter. God's already there. God is already there. What I want to do this morning as well is to put side by side the miracle, the the feeding of the 5,000 and the feeding of the 4,000 and see the difference. There's not much really difference, right? But here it is. When I thought about this, the 5,000 and the 4,000, it doesn't say, remember, that it only said that the feeding of the 5,000 does not include women and children. And so is the 4,000. So this tells me that there's a lot more to feed. But God is not perturbed by that. In Mark 6, verse 37, Jesus asked the disciples to not send the 5,000 plus crowds away, but he said, feed them. The disciples would have said to Jesus, what the heck, what are you asking us to do this for? It's a little bit too much. What do you want me to feed them with? We have to work for months to earn enough money to buy food for these people. Just send them away, they said. It's the easiest thing to do. And you know, we get like that sometimes. Just send the people away. It's easy. We don't have to do the work. But God is saying to you today, he wants believers. He wants people that will care enough to feed the hungry. Again in Mark 8, Jesus said to the disciples, they have been here with me for three days and they have nothing left to eat. If I send them home hungry, they will faint along the way. What I notice in this passage is Jesus' compassion. Jesus' compassion moved him to action. Compassion was the catalyst 
for the miracle. If you have compassion, you must back it up with action. Compassion is when care and action collide. That's why we don't just say, hey, if, um, if you need anything, just let me know. Chances are they won't let you know. The best thing to do is to say, you know what, I'm coming over with a, for a, with a meal. I'm coming over with groceries. Live that compassion. Sometimes we back up our Christianity, Christianity by our pseudo-compassion so that we can feel good about ourselves. But Jesus, listen to what Jesus does in Mark 8 verse 3. They've been here with me for three days. Have them nothing left to eat. If I send them home hungry, they will faint along the way. For some of them have come a long distance. So what I want to draw out in this passage that I want us to understand is that Jesus knew people's addresses. Physical address, yes, because he's God. But Jesus knew their story. Jesus knew the people's circumstances. And I wonder if you know your neighbor's circumstances. You're not being nosy, but there are some people in your world. Do you know their story enough to care? Because God is calling you that just get your hands a little bit dirty. Don't just do the surface thing, but God is asking you to actually dig a little deeper and have that faith in action. With these two miracles side by side, it occurred to me that the feeding of the 5,000 was not about the crowd. It was the price. Mark 6 verse 37 says this, that would take more than half a year's wages. Are we going to spend that much on bread and give it them to eat? And then the feeding of the 4,000 was about people and the place. Matthew 15:33 says this, where could we get enough bread in this remote place to feed such a crowd? So the feeding of the 5,000 was actually done in Bethsaida, the Sea of Galilee, in Jewish territory. But the feeding of the 4,000 happened near the region of the Capolis, the Gentile territory, a place that they had hardly gone ever go where people kind of shunned that area. But Jesus said, I have compassion on them too. I have compassion on these people too. So I believe God is showing this a couple of things. That he is the bread of life. Not just for some, but for the entire world. You know, because sometimes we kind of separate, isolate people. Oh yeah, this, this crowd will do. This crowd, no, not much. But God says, I am the bread of life. I died for all. Not just some. So I believe next year is a favor year for our church and our community. And there will be some places, there will be people that God will bring to us that people have shunned and hardly gone to. So let our prayer be, Lord, help me to see people the way you see them. Lord, help me to see people I don't usually see.
because we gravitate to the people that we like, right? Yeah. Our prayer is, Lord, help me to have a heart of compassion because they need the bread too. Another thing that I noticed that I'm going to finish up and do communion today. Can the team distribute the emblem, please? I noticed that the disciples were worried and focused about not having enough bread. Can I have the... And some of us here today are way too focused and worry about the things we don't have rather than focusing on what we have in our hands. So Jesus is asking you today, how many loaves do you have? You know, this week I went to the shops, three shops actually, and there was no bread. There was no bread. And I'm thinking, well, I got rice at home. I don't eat much bread, but, but I had flour, I had yeast, I had water, I had sugar, and I could make a loaf of bread. Can you see what God is trying to ask you here? That don't focus on what you don't have but focus on what you do have. God is asking you, what is in your hand? What is in your hand? What is it at your disposal? When he, Mark 6 verse 38 says this, how much bread do you have? He asked, and he goes, go and find out. Go and find out. And I think this year, as before we start the year, tomorrow, We need to just sit down and reflect on what God has given us. Don't focus too much on what you don't have. Don't be envious on some other people that they have what they have. God is asking you today, what do you have at your disposal that you can use to glorify me? It's interesting to know that when you take stock of what you do have, it's in the process that when you find something else. Did you notice that Jesus didn't ask for how many fish do you have? He just asked for the loaves. But here, when he went and found out how many bread do you have, it's in that process that he found some fish too. So, as we turn this year, I want you to stand to your feet. See, I want you to take stock on what God is wanting to ask you this year. I want you to take stock and remind yourself about the things that have gone on for you this year. And I know some of them are not good, but can you find a little something that you can thank God for? You see, this bread 
nice freshly made bread. This is the bread of life. This is this bread, and we're going to have communion. But God is wanting to, to tell you today that He is more than enough. He is all that you will ever need. And you might say, God, I don't have what it takes. I don't know if I could do what you've asked me to, to do. I don't know if I could do that degree. Lord, I don't know whether I could take that job. Lord, I don't know whether I can do this. I don't know whether I could be the parent that you've called me to be. I don't know if I'll be that, that employee. I don't know if I'll be that pastor that you want me to be. I don't know, God. And God is saying today for you to not look at what you don't have, but to look at what he has for you. Can I say to you that today, while this is in your hand, it'll never be enough. But when you put it in the hands of the one that knows the future, you'll have more than enough. You'll have more than enough. So Jesus, knowing this full well, he took the bread. He blessed it and broke it. gave it to his disciples you can distribute that to your team what's in your hand church what's in your hand God is asking you today when you have this in your hand the bread of life you will lack nothing. You will lack nothing. Don't forget to remember the provision that God has in store for you. Don't forget that's in the breaking of the bread that you will bless many. So your life, your life that God has given you is not just for yourself. It's for others. Are you ready for next year? Because God's going to call you into greater things. And for you to get called on greater things, you need the bread of life in your boat. It says, don't you remember? When you break this bread, it will multiply so that you can share to everyone who is hungry. Matthew 26, 26 says this, as they were eating, Jesus took some bread and he blessed it. And he said, take this and eat it, for this is my body. God, we thank you for your body. We thank you, Lord God, that as we take communion for 20, the last day of 2023, Lord, we honor you. We are so thankful and grateful for what you have given us. And Lord, we focus on the fact that, Lord, you are more than enough for us, for you are the bread of life. Let's eat. And in the same way, he took the cup 
of wine and he gave thanks God for it. He gave it to them and said, each of you drink from it for this is my blood which confirms the covenant between God and his people. It is poured out as a sacrifice to give to forgive the sins of many. Father, I thank you that we have been forgiven. That when you said it is finished, it is finished. Thank you, God, that whatever is ahead of us, whatever things that's going to happen, Lord God, I thank you that you're already there and that you've confirmed your covenant by the demonstration of your great love for us by dying on the cross. So we thank you for this blood, Lord Jesus, that's been poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. Let's drink. Thank you, Jesus. Father, I thank you that you are the bread of life, that nobody that would come to you will never go thirsty or hungry. I pray, Father God, that this morning, Lord God, that you are asking us to, don't you remember? Father, the whisper of don't you remember, I pray, Father, that echoes in our hearts today, that whenever we feel like there is not enough, I pray that your very words will comfort them and say, don't you remember? I've carried you and I'll continue to carry you. In Jesus' name. Mind your pastor glasses to the inside aisle and our service team will collect that. So tomorrow is the new year. 2024. What the new year brings to you will greatly depend on what your on what you bring to the new year. Old ways, old patterns of behavior, old thinking will not open new doors. You get to turn the page, church. Let's turn the page together and remember the goodness of God. Why don't we sing this song as an anthem and a declaration of God's goodness in our life? Why don't we do that and I worship love Him? You, Lord. Oh, your mercy never fails me, and all my days have been
Father, thank you. Thank you for your goodness, Father, towards us. Thank you, Lord God, that your promise is that you will never leave or forsake us, Lord God. Thank you that as we declare the 2023, Lord, as we turn the page, thank you that you are for us, that you are before us, Lord God. You are beside us, behind us, Lord God. We declare your goodness, Lord God, upon your people today, Lord God. We thank you that you are in the boat, that we don't need to worry, Lord Jesus. So this morning, Father God, may we have a sense of knowing that you will never leave us and you will never forsake us in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Well, Happy New Year to you, um, to everyone in our online. I hope that message just helps you to ask you that question of, don't you remember? I want you to recall that um, today or tomorrow, whatever. But thank you so much and see you in 2024 next year.